You're listening to the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Show, a podcast to inspire physicians in the process of immigration to the United States and access to graduate medical education. We create meaningful and helpful content that motivates medical students and doctors throughout the world with the goal of creating a community that supports itself and gives feedback to each other, that stays updated with the most recent tips and advice on how to make it in America and become a successful resident or fellow in the speciality of your dreams. Dr. Alonso Osorio is board certified and residency trained in both emergency and family medicine and will be bringing you 20 years of his personal experiences, struggles and motivation. We'll be chatting with people like you to talk about the lessons they've learned along their personal path, how to make an impact and how we can all benefit from it. Also, we'll analyze the current resources available and how to benefit from them. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to my podcast. Today is uh, the recording of a special episode, a special edition, I would call it, of our current situation in the world across the planet. And this is in coronavirus, or what we call COVID-19, or novel coronavirus infection. I am super excited to bring it on to you because my purpose is not only to create uh, an experiential podcast by bringing a guest, but in this opportunity, I feel the personal physician-related com- commitment to my community on education, and I think at this point in time, public health awareness is a remarkable, incredible thing that as every doctor across the country could do. This platform... I would say could be extremely useful, and I hope many of you get to listen to it. But telemedicine is now happening, and this is going to be the way we're going to be hoping to manage a significant volume in the visits to the emergency department and to hospitals across the nation and maybe across the world to give patients reassurance and certainty that they're going to be okay. As of today, uh, the update of this uh, awful worldwide pandemic uh, Uh, The World Health Organization, and according to Johns Hopkins data, there is about 185,000 coronavirus cases worldwide and counting, with over 7,400 deaths and 80,000 recoveries thus far. In the United States, the primary elections are about to happen, and there has been some significant discussions on when to close the polls and avoid gatherings for more than 10 people. So... States of emergency throughout uh, every state of the United uh, United States has been happening, and we're going to be doing adjustments as they go on. For example, for the city of Tampa, there's going to be nightclubs uh, and bar closures and restaurant closures starting immediately, effectively today. And so far, we have, as of today, 4,458 confirmed coronavirus cases in the U.S. alone with 88 deaths. As of Tuesday morning, up from 3,579 cases and 67 deaths from Monday, meaning yesterday. Multiple countries have gone in lockdowns and there is some significant border restrictions happening. And the world leaders are doing this in the attempt to trying to contain the infection. This is a significant issue that we're dealing with, me as an emergency physician in the front lines. I've been dealing with this epidemic myself, and I'm going to tell you my personal situation right now, my 
trip to Colorado to ski in a steamboat resort has been canceled. I was uh, meant to jump on a flight uh, this Saturday with my two kids and my asthmatic wife. This uh, happened after some significant convincing and probably was not the smartest things for me to do, but I didn't want to lose all the amount of uh, money that I had deposited on hotel and flight reservations and car reservations for local rentals. But as it happened, the flight got shut down and we were grounded. Uh, a few minutes later, I'm heading down to the counter of the airline and they gave me a 100% refund of what I had invested on the flight. They even offered to rebook me and reschedule me for another flight the same day or the next day. Still, we were ruminating about it and we decided to buy another ticket then for $700, four people flying round trip to Denver, uh, round trip that was a significant shipping uh, deal, more than the uh, $3,280 that I had invested already, having had purchased this ticket about six months ago. So the flight didn't happen. My wife and I came early after returning from the airport that evening and we came home and we got notified that night that the Ski Mountain Resort had been closed. So we decided to wrap it all up, cancel those flight reservations with no penalty and we decided to stay here at home, hunker down in our home and go back to do the old fashion stuff, you know, getting together, talking to each other, playing table games, doing things around the house has been fantastic. Having breakfast, lunch, and dinner as a family meal, sitting down around the table has been fantastic. And my my kids have really enjoyed having their daddy around and we've been playing at the pool. And I know social distance has been trying, we've been trying to do a lot of that and keeping the kids inside, but you know, still play dates around the neighborhood are happening. And you know, nobody appears to be having any symptoms, but um, in general, I want to talk about coronavirus and give you some important facts. Remember that uh, the coronaviruses have been called this way, and we do too many things in medicine, due to a specific characteristic as that they have a crown-like viral particle in, this, in the surface, in the outer. So just imagine yourself, picture a crown, a 360-degree crown of proteins in the surface that act as antigens, and that's why it's called the coronaviruses. And they, they are part of a family of viruses that are specifically tasteful for infecting mammals and birds. And it's one of the major causes of viral respiratory infections across the world. The detection of this 2019 novel coronavirus of what we call COVID-19, this is now with six prior, the seventh uh, known coronavirus to infect human beings. We have the 229E, the OC43, the NL63, the HKU1, and SARS-CoV-2, and the MERS-CoV-2, and this one, the one that we're dealing with, that is the COVID-19. We know that this coronavirus, as we know it right now, is behaving very similarly to the prior global outbreaks of SARS in 2003 and the outbreak of OC43. And, you know, we can now point out that this infection started in the in Wuhan 
the Hubei province in China. And actually, I just saw a specific video that it started in a local market. The theory behind epidemiologists uh, on why this occurred is because in the country of China, with the crisis on the 1920s economically, the government was uh, trying to stimulate and incentivize people to get back into the workforce and find a way of making a living. Early on, people that had a special taste for weird animals, you call it bats, you call it monkeys, you name it, they started creating these local markets. And they actually have a huge loving capacity in these markets because the amount of money that they bring into the GDP of China. And it's been known that many epidemics have been brewed and grown in these markets. Why? Because they stack animals. They show these pictures of animals stacked top in on top of each other with feces, pus, blood just dripping on the animals at the bottom. Some of them get sick no matter what they get sold out. These are cold markets with meats just hanging in the outside and they're sold on a regular basis. And we think that the transmission from humans to from from animals to humans happen that way. And from there it just kind of spread it all over the country and is and is significantly pathogenic. And very much like the SARS and the MERS, uh, the coronavirus uh, 19 has been known to ca cause some significant uh, pathophysiology and high mortality in humans. As of now, we have a world health emergency declared by the World Health Organization, the WHO, WHO. And so far it has caused so many deaths around the world that that's what's creating the panic and the crisis. This only has not had implications uh, in the healthcare system, but mostly economically. At this point in time, as of today, the government in the United States thinks that we're gonna go into a recession. This has affected uh, multiple businesses and jobs across the country in every single type of, of activity that is being done to support themselves. I would say that the only ones that are safe is probably us healthcare workers that we're gonna be in the front lines, but I just hope that I don't get sent home if I get infected or contaminated in the near future. I'm gonna take the precautions necessary to avoid such a thing. And well, we know that the mortality right now of the coronavirus is ranging somewhere between two and 4% with an average somewhere around 3.12% and is mostly uh, presenting itself as a regular respiratory illness. It's really hard to differentiate the COVID-19 infection with any other viral syndrome, like the current flu, because people are presenting 98% of them with a fever, 76% of them with dry cough, 55% of them with dyspnea, or what we call shortness of breath, only 3% diarrhea. Good luck to those that have 300 rolls of toilet paper on their uh, house stashed away. No coronavirus infections has reported so far sore throat. And believe it or not, 9.8% of the total infections have led to ventilatory support in the ICU. Epidemiologic data that I have from uh, as early of February 23rd from the World Health Organization shows that uh, the rate of novel coronavirus infected patients with pneumonia in ventilatory support in the ICU could be compared to prior uh, MERS and SARS in the following proportion. So if COVID is 9.8% or almost 10, MERS led to 80% of the cases to be intubated and uh, SARS somewhere between 14 and 20. The average age 
despite the fact that mostly affects elders of the people with COVID-19 has been about 49 years of age for MERS, 59, and for SARS, 40 years of age. So this uh, obviously is concerning. Uh, so of now we're going to be potentially testing people with some broadened screening uh, questions, but still the test has a three to four day turnaround time. So we're not having a still uh, curbside uh, drive testing. This virus, the beautiful coronavirus, I don't, uh, if you Google it or just kind of look at the images on Google, you will see that it's a beautiful, round, spiky looking ball of proteins that is highly infectious. It actually becomes to the family of what we call the nidoviralis and, or nidoviruses that is in the family of the coronaviridae, which is a subfamily of, of the orthocoronavirinae. And there are what we call a positive, a positive sensed single-stranded RNA, and they possess a very large genome of RNA viruses. Uh, they're highly infectious, and they're mostly known to live in the upper airway and respiratory tract of humans and mammals. And it's super, super, super virogenic, and we have seen that it could be potentially not only transmitted through droplets, sneezing, coughing, but also there has been isolated on feces. So that's the theory behind these uh, few percentage of isolated cases, like a person somewhere in rural America in a nursing home, an elder that had never been outside of the country or left the nursing home. And he was the first isolated person here in the U.S. that tested positive for coronavirus. So this is when we think that oral fecal route of transmission, meaning poop coming into your mouth, believe it or not, with contaminated food uh, is happening. And it's actually documented. We just haven't really been able to track it down. We know that this virus has a special affinity of uh, for the angiotensin receptor blockers, uh, receptors uh, of the second type in the lung which is a primary cellular receptor, and that's why it has such an affection in the respiratory tracts of the infected people. Uh, follows, obviously, the same behavior of the SARS and the MERS. And we just uh, have to be careful about this virus that is actually getting investigated. Right now, there's ongoing vaccines trying to analyze the proteins and how they're interacting with the human host and Unfortunately, we don't have really any uh, primate or animal models as of now that are quite clearly uh, in the path of getting approved for vaccinations, uh, for, the, for the process of getting approved for a vaccine. And I don't think we're any, any time close of getting a vaccine uh, produced. I think uh, probably we're talking about a year, maybe six months, but there's going to be some significant private funding and investment that is going to need to be needed to make it happen and get it through the pathway of approval by the FDA. Well, what can I tell you as a doctor? The only way to prevent it is uh, pretty much have the standard contact and droplet precautions. Uh, I do recommend that everybody pretty much uh, that's uh, extensive have washing. Obviously, it's recommended to wash your hands with soap and water for about 20 seconds. Be especially cognizant to do it before you eat, after you eat, after you use the toilet for urinating or stooling. 
because of the potential of fecal transmission. Also, people are advised to be coughing like Batman, you know, on their elbow, covering themselves. And we just don't know how long this virus is going to be living in the surfaces. As of now, we think that it has the capacity of these strains of coronavirus to survive outside the house for multiple days under the right conditions. Obviously, cold conditions, uh, droplets that cannot be touched for a while, coated or covered by something else, and, and, and they can be lingering around on the door handle of any hospital, any household that you actually visit. So we need to be remarkably uh, careful about it. Also, there is some guidelines from the WHO and the CDC about potentially observing people that have been exposed to it for 14 days, but this is going to be controversial. And I think guidelines are going to be getting adjusted because we know that there might be a longer period of observation recommended. We have incubation periods that might take somewhere in between zero and 24 days. And we have seen people actually in human models from the China infections that have been able to uh, be infectious for up to 32 days. And we're talking about a month, a month of potentially making people ill. Well, believe it or not, out of uh, the many patients that are people that, and patients that are getting infected, very few of them, despite the media and the, I would call it the social psychosis, uh, very few of them develop what we call the novel coronavirus infected pneumonia patients and CIP, which are the ones that are end up uh, in the hospital intubated with uh, positive pressure ventilation, call it non-invasive airway uh, management or invasive airway management. And obviously the management of these patients has been targeted doing what we do best, you know, support, support, support. Many of these patients are getting antibiotics etc. What we're seeing on these patients, based on the recent article from JAMA, most of these patients are is showing lymphopenia. They're showing elevation of the PT time, elevated LDH, and in the patients with uh, intubation, they have been shown to have uh, significant elevations of the LDH, which is a similar pattern of what we have seen and documented in prior SARS pattern. Also, there has been clear documentation of what he has been the radiologic documentation of the disease. We have x-rays that show either non to minor uh, focal pneumonia that has been evolving to some really patchy consolidations and infiltrates that sometimes lead to some significant pulmonary edema and tissue necrosis, leading to some significant hypoxemia and respiratory failure with some people not making it through the ventilatory support and for the same reason having a high rate of lethality. As of now, from the medical point of view, we also don't have any specific therapy to approach this bug. There is no specific treatment. There is no specific antiviral. Obviously, there is no antibiotics because this is not a bacteria, it's a virus. We have seen that many people are treated and being treated empirically with oseltamivir, or what we call the Tamiflu. And some people are given steroids, but unfortunately, people that were treated with steroids on the ventilator didn't do too good. We also have been trying some other uh, uh, therapies like the lopinavir and the ritonavir that have been shown on animal studies and, and in the lab, some uh, mild attenuation of the virus, but 
in general, we're doing what we know, as I said, do best. We do, we're doing a lot of hemodynamic management with vasopressor support, if necessary, in the ICU. Concentrate on nutritional support, blood glucose control, and obviously expeditious evaluation and treatment of nosocomial or superinfected pneumonia, meaning you develop pseudomona or MRSA on top of what you got of the virus, and that's what makes you super sick, and that's when you need broad-spectrum antibiotic co coverage. We are also have to do the standard care of prophylaxis against DVT and GA bleeding and proper patient positioning for proper oxygenation and ventilation and proper uh, ventilation care. As we move along, we suspect that potentially many ICU beds are going to be overwhelmed and we're going to need to adapt as we go. Obviously, the emergency department is going to be the welcoming door for all these cases and we're going to need to have extensive communication with the departments of health, our friends, the intensivists, the pulmonologists, and in general, the whole healthcare team, the managers, the CMOs and leaders in our communities that can help us to try to uh, fight this as, as good as we can. How do I see the future? I don't know. I think the, the infection right now, as of uh, Tuesday, March 17 of 2020, is uh, growing exponentially and more people are getting infected. Extremely worried about the fact that it's going to be uh, putting a significant burden in the emergency department. It's going to overwhelm the system. Uh, we're going to need to develop protocols to to manage this epidemic. And I just hope that I don't get infected. I'm gonna do my best to wash my hands, stay isolated, be careful in between patients. And obviously my wife is asking me to just kind of leave my scrubs and I'm gonna use only one set of shoes and wash my hands and take a shower before I come into the house and do this obsessively and repetitively once I come back to work this Sunday. Uh, as of now, I'm trying to stay away uh, do the best that I can do not to get infected or to infect anyone. And we'll see how it goes. Uh, please remember to, to visit the website of the World Health Organization at the CDC for the most recent update. There is a lot of pretty good information on YouTube. My advice is to healthcare providers and the public in general, don't use the bias, misinformation that is getting generated in the social media. I personally enjoy myself posting memes and jokes uh, regarding the, the whole situation, but uh, it's like the way that we're, we're finding to deal with the stress. I'm highly concerned right now about the fact that the people are reaching out for purchasing guns. And, you know, I went to the store this morning. There was no steak, no chicken, no bread, obviously no napkins, no toilet paper, uh, no cleaners. And you're starting to see shortages on supplies, basic supplies of, of daily life, you know, soap, shampoo, uh, toothbrushes, etc. People think that this is the end of the world. And I'm going to tell you all out there, we have dealt with worse situations than this. And this is not going to go away. This is going to linger here for several months. I think it's going to go all the way into summer. I think we're barely through the peak of the season. And we have probably three more months to go of this uh, flu epidemic that is it usually tapers down by the summer, but I don't think uh, I don't think we're we're still far away from it. I'm not saying this to create fear. I'm just saying that we need to be prepared. And please, people, be smart, be smart, smart about isolating yourselves. Stay home. I mean, COVID nineteen is not a joke, but also there is theories about how much political 
influence there is behind this and how the government in the United States is potentially doing tricky things to to make this a little bit more crazy and affect the markets. I don't know. There's a lot of also those theories out there. And one thing I can tell you that I'm extremely worried about is that once you're in the hospital, despite the fact that the patient's getting isolated or taken care of, the infection is getting spread through healthcare providers. And 29% of the cases with NCIP were actually active healthcare professionals and only 12.3% were hospitalized patients. So we have an alarming rate of 41% nosocomial spread. So what I can tell you about that is that hospitals are not the place to be right now anywhere in the world. Stay home, be with your loved ones, find something to do, work from home. Hopefully this crisis does not affect you economically, financially, your family and I think many people are going to be broke uh, uh, at the end of this, but I'm just trying to put my best effort to give you some peace of mind and reassurance on what we can expect in the near future. Remember, the job of me as a doctor is not only to take care of people, and this podcast is not only to reach out to you and bring people with motivational speeches, but I want everybody to get some free education on how to respond and how to react and especially taking information from someone that is telling you from the bottom of the heart as an emergency physician that is dealing with this situation of public health on a daily basis. I can assure you we have very smart people handling this and we trust and please let's hope that the Lord with enlightenment to continue uh, to be in the front lines and wish me luck uh, for the next few weeks. I'll keep you posted as the epidemic goes along and this is the opening podcast for a fantastic guest that we're going to have tomorrow and i hope to be posting this rather soon who is going to be an infectious disease specialist a foreign medical graduate dr uh, parul aneha and she's going to be coming we're going to be talking more from her personal professional experience as a specialist on dealing with viruses and infections in her private and hospital related practice so thank you and please follow me on facebook uh and instagram and my youtube channel is up and i have a fantastic educational video about covid19 so hit me up subscribe and leave me a comment i'll be replying back to you and if you have any questions please let me know if this was helpful to you please give give me some feedback give me a review and I love you all. Thank you. You're my superstars and keep working hard. And all of you that are listening, I just wish you the best. Stay safe and away, avoid infection. For now, Dr. Alonso Sorio says goodbye and we'll stay in touch soon. Bye.